Hey everyone, this is Thea, and I want to welcome you to the corner of here and now, where we talk about real life, recovery, success, spirituality, and anything else that might come up right here, right now. Hold on to your seat, because we're in for a ride. to the corner of here and now we're on episode 2.42 or thir- excuse me 43 episodes into this crazy uh goal of going to january 1st might even we're 43 in we're going to be right around 52 episodes by the time uh time we get to january 1st <clears throat> and sometimes you got to find another gear you know like like you got to dig deep I love what um, uh, Goggins, the Navy SEAL guy, I can't think of his first name right now, but he says that most people only go to about 40% of their capacity. David Goggins, that's his name. 40%. So imagine that. If we're only going to 40% of her. Imagine if I've only been living in 40% of my capacity. Or you, if you're listening out there, close your eyes, take a deep breath. And think, wow, I'm only at, this is 40%? Wherever it is, wherever that is for you, imagine what you could really be doing. Right? So sometimes we have to find another gear. I'm finding another gear. I'm leveling up with all this craziness. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I can find another gear. And that I'm a learning person. I'm a seeker. And I'm a learner. And, yeah, I was listening to, um, oh, God, I was listening to somebody today, and he was talking about how, I can see his head, too, I can't, I can see his face, but I can't think of his name, Um, and he was talking about how, depending on how you identify yourself, you can make yourself bulletproof against criticism, but in a good way, not like being a jerk and somebody criticizing you and you still being able to be a jerk, but more in a way of like, his example was, well, if I always identify as a learner or somebody that's always learning, then if you call me dumb or stupid or whatever, incompetent or a quitter or whatever, you know, like then you, you're not really harming me because you're actually giving me ammunition to keep learning and to keep seeking. And I was like, whoa, that was, that was huge. That, that was just huge to me. Like, so depending on how we identify really makes a big deal. Um, I identify as an addict, right? Like I go in the rooms and I sit down and I say, I'm Thea and I'm an addict. And I've been saying that for 25 years. And wow, you know, in recovery, sometimes I can, I, sometimes I might identify as a person in long-term re- recovery. 
but I'm a seeker. Like we were talking about with Daniel the other day, there's this, I don't get to hit a plateau. Um, and when I do hit a plateau and I kick back and relax, it's okay for a little while, but it doesn't, for me, it doesn't last long. I get very uh, irritable, restless, and discontented when I do that. So I've learned the hard way that I have to keep going and learning. And it's not even, um, it's not just in my recovery. It's in my, it's in my whole life that I'm learning and growing and that that's a gift. That's a gift. And nobody can take that away from me. And I think that that's a, a huge thing. And I do identify today as somebody that's learning and growing and seeking. Um, and for me, that's, that's super awesome because you're talking about somebody who could barely read and suffered from all kinds of learning issues and the fact that I can sit here and do what I do for a living and I've come this far is a it's a pretty big fucking deal and a lot of it has to do with Narcotics Anonymous and the base that Narcotics Anonymous has given 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 me everything has grown out of the fact that I'm in NNA and I call myself an addict. Calling myself an addict has given me the freedom to do the things that I truly wanted to do. That sounds really weird, and I've never even, I don't think I've ever even said it like that before. That now, that doesn't mean, if there's somebody out there listening that's not an addict, you don't have to go call yourself an addict. You know, this is just my op- opinion. This is just me um, sharing my thoughts about some of this, but I've often said that the fact that I'm an addict is uh, my superpower. I've been through a lot, and I can survive a lot. We all can. And, um, yeah, my life, I don't think, in some ways, didn't even start until um, I sat down in a room of Narcotics Anonymous and said, my name is Thea, and I'm an addict, and I need help. And then, you know, it went, it went from there. I really, I really, and I lived a whole life before that. I had some pretty amazing accomplishments and I did some things and, um, nothing has measured up to, um, what I've been able to do staying clean and what is still to come because I choose to keep learning and keep growing. And I think that's amazing. So I wanted to talk just a little bit too about, um, the chapter who is an addict chapter one in our basic text. And, uh, like I've been sharing, this is my, my basic text. Um, this is not my original basic text actually, but it's pretty darn close and it's falling apart and the pages are falling out and it's highlighted and underlined and all kinds of stuff. Um, and, it's interesting because, like I said, the fact that I'm an addict, I think, is the thing that makes me shine the brightest. It is the thing that gives me an edge. It is my superpower. It's where I've learned everything about spirituality and God and and all of that kind of stuff has been in the rooms. Um, I've learned how to deal with the past and deal with my family and different things like that's all that's all because of that a lot of the other things I've done I wouldn't have done if I hadn't already been in NA and that to me is a big deal um yeah I think that 
sometimes people forget that, or maybe they don't even forget it because they never knew it. But that's the, that's the facts for me is that everything stems from that, from that base. Um, <clears throat> and there's a couple things in here. Again, it's fully highlighted and underlined. So there's, there's so much in this first chapter. I mean, it's this pack, like you could highlight every, um, every paragraph, every word, all of it. But what's interesting is on my, in my book on page four, it says drugs ceased to make us feel good. And so here we are about feelings again. You know, we use the drugs to make us feel good if we were feeling bad, and they we use them to make us feel better if we were already feeling good. Um, and it's all, you know, again, it's just all about changing those feelings and just not being willing to feel, or they numbed us out. But if they numb us out on the bad feelings, the negative feelings, then they're going to numb us out on the good feelings too. There's no, I don't get to spot numb. Like there's no such thing as spot fat loss. <laughs> there's, there's no such thing as spot numbing, right? So I have to um, remember that when I, when I numb out, even if I'm numbing out today on Netflix and or Oreos or whatever, I'm, I'm numbing everything. So the same, the same rules apply. Um, it says higher mental and emotional functions such as conscience and the ability of love were sharply affected by our use of drugs. Living skills re were reduced to the animal level. Our spirit was broken. The capacity to feel human was lost. This seems extreme, but many of us have been in this state. Um, and along with this part here that says drugs cease to make us feel good, I have this quote. I'm not even sure where I got this quote. It, it's in my, I've got, you know, that little notepad on your phone. Mine is just full of stuff. Like I've got page after page after page. And this is something that I come back to a lot. And it says addiction is the narrowing of the things that bring you pleasure. Addiction is the narrowing of the things that bring you pleasure. And that's this quote I have. And I want to say maybe I got that from um, the holistic psychologist off of Instagram, but I'm not really sure. I think that's where that came from. But that's huge, right? I, I did narrow the things that brought you, me pleasure. Nothing brought me pleasure any more than drugs, and even the drugs ceased to work, right? Like it tells us that drugs ceased to make us feel good. The drugs stopped working. I used just because I had to use. <sighs> it's crazy. It's just totally crazy. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to pull out some other lines here. Um it says here, we forgot how to feel. So here we are again, just generalized statements about feelings. We forgot what it was like before we started using. We forgot about social graces. We acquired strange habits and mannerisms. We forgot how to work. We forgot how to play. We forgot how to express ourselves and how to show concern for others. We forgot how to feel. We forgot. We probably didn't want to feel, <clears throat> in my case anyway, I can say that I didn't want to feel, and then I forgot how to feel, and then I was scared to feel, right, when I got, in the, when I got into the fellowship 
I was scared to feel when I first got here. That's kind of how the progression went. Um, and now I can't help but feel. Like, there's just no way around it. And um, just like we built up a tolerance for the drugs, I think um, we build up a tolerance for spiritual work. And when we say the reward for the work is more work, that's some of that tolerance in a way. Or um, I can't stand feeling bad anymore. I can't think of the the right way I want to say it, but my tolerance is much different today, and I have to do the spiritual work like I had to do the drugs in a weird way. Yeah, I think I put that in my little notepad too the other day. I was saying that to somebody. Let's see if I can find it. <clears throat> Let's see. Like the drugs took more and more to get high, it takes more spiritual work to get the to get the results that we're lo looking for. The reward for the work is more work. The more I learn, the less I know. There's a method, formula, or process. If you have the audacity to step into that master master role and practice and sit and talk and walk, crazy things will happen. It's creative dis destruction. Yeah. And it's this process. If we're willing to do this process over and over again and get closer to our higher power, get closer and closer and more trusting with more faith, like over and over again, it's crazy what will happen and things will just start happening for us. And, um, you know, I was in my meditation this morning. I've been meditating again, not very long, about 10 or 15 minutes a day, but... And I started having the crazy thoughts in my head, right? Like stuff started to kind of go go up there and like the stories I like to tell myself and get that that little hit of, um, you know, when we tell ourselves those stories, we get certain feelings and emotions behind them. And then we get a hit of hormones and chemicals. So we actually can become addicted to our feelings and emotions because we'll, we'll go over these same stories. We'll tell the same stories. We'll, we'll, you know, that whole thing of over and over again, and we're getting that little chemical hit. So I have this habit of telling myself the same stories, especially in the mornings. The mornings are the worst for me. And so this morning I was sitting in my meditation, like I said, about 15 minutes, nothing crazy. And I could feel myself start to tell myself that story again. And I was like, no, no, you're not going to do it today. Stop the story. So I stopped the story and I started to tell myself a different story. I stepped into a different story, a different outcome. And the loop stopped and it changed everything. I don't know about y'all if, if you were meditating or not. But sometimes I can get up from a meditation and be like, man, I just told myself this crazy story for 15 minutes. You know, and then, of course, I beat myself up for that, blah, blah, blah. But this morning I was like, nope, not going to play this game with you. And some of that's Betty. Remember Betty from several, many episodes ago? Some of that's Betty telling those telling those stories and wanting me to get wrapped up in that. And today I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I had a really good day. It was a beautiful day outside, and it was just a great day today. But but no, I'm not going to do that. And so I stepped into something different, and it was pretty awesome. So we do have 
the power, if you will, to change some of that. And if we're willing, if we can catch it, if we're willing to do the work, if again, like I've been saying over and over again, if we're willing to turn that light on ourselves and, and do that work, and it's not easy, right? It's, it's really not easy. The last little paragraph in this chapter, it says, we realize that we are never cured and that we carry the disease within us for the rest of our lives. We have a disease, but we do recover. Each day we are given another chance. We are convinced that there is only one way for us to live, and that is the NA way. And it says over here, I think it's in the introduction. I read it earlier. Yeah, this is in the introduction. It says, we offer only a proven, we offer only a proven plan for daily recovery. Just one little sentence. It's the last sentence in the first paragraph of the introduction. We offer only a proven plan for daily recovery. So read the introduction, people. Yep, the preface, the introduction. The material for this book was drawn from the personal experience of addicts within the Fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous. The basic text is based on an outline derived from our white book, Narcotics Anonymous. The first eight chapters are based on the topic headlines in the white book and carry the same title. Yeah, crazy. Narcotics Anonymous was formed in July of 1953 with the first meeting held in Southern California. So yeah, a daily recovery. And it says in here something about... Uh, I don't remember. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking about. It's this whole thing about being an addict and how blessed I really am and to have this process and... But, you know, my clean date's coming around the corner, so I get a little weird and, you know, wooey and wishy-washy and stuff around this time. So there you go. Anyway, I will be back tomorrow. I hope you all had a beautiful day, and we're just going to keep this rolling. Peace out, everybody. All right, everyone, that's another episode of The Corner of Here and Now. Thank you for joining me. If you like what you're hearing, please share, comment, and or subscribe. Please know that the music used in this podcast is the one and only Kenny Cordray. And the song is called Rojo that was generously donated by his family. And until the next time we meet on the corner of here and now, remember, we're all just walking each other home. Peace out. <laughs>